Thank you for joining the podcast of Clifton Baptist Church in Forest, Mississippi. Our prayer is that you will be blessed by a message from our pulpit today. Thank you for joining us, and may God bless you. Felt like in Lord's Supper, and appreciate you all being here for that. And then got to spend some time with family today, which is always, or yesterday and today, which is always refreshing. If you will, while I'm talking and rambling on, if you'll be making your way to Nehemiah, making your way to Nehemiah. We'll be in the seventh chapter tonight, the seventh chapter tonight. And uh, Yeah, had a good good time with family. That's always refreshing. Uh, yesterday and today, watching some football and didn't have a dog in the fight because my team wasn't playing yesterday. And today, I last, last week of the week before, I think I shared with you all that learned about the Saints, that the Saints and the Buccaneers don't like each other a whole lot. And uh, today I learned that the Saints can't win in this country or any other country. So um, they're in bad shape. They're in bad shape. So um, mm, maybe Drew Brees can come out of retirement, pull a Brett Favre or something. I don't know, but they need something. So anyways, enough of the jibber-jabber. Nehemiah chapter 7. I know immediately what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh my word, 73 verses. We'll ne- oh, oh me, we'll never get out of here. But it's, I know it's been a busy day for some of you all, and I promise you I'm not going to go on for 73 verses, okay? So, uh, if you'll recall the last couple of weeks, uh, the past two weeks actually, we looked at the oh no in oh no, if you'll recall that, the oh no in oh no in Nehemiah 6. And we, uh, through looking at that, we, we looked at uh, numerous tactics that the enemy tried uh, to get Nehemiah discouraged. He tried to get Nehemiah to quit the work of the Lord. He tried to get Nehemiah distracted. He really tried to get Nehemiah to just do anything but the work of the Lord. And so uh, we've seen those tactics that he used, and he used them unsuccessfully as we know, because we also learned in Nehemiah chapter 6 that in 52 days, 52 days, the walls were built, they were, the gates were restored that we talked about uh, earlier on in Nehemiah, and it was a great blessing that the work of the Lord has been completed, and there's excitement, and there's joy, but what now, right? Church, it's kind of like you're without a pastor, and you go through the process, and you get a pastor, what now? What now, right? We, 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 got, we got God's man. We believe that. We're firming that. What now? So Nehemiah, he's thinking that very same thing. He's thinking, okay, wow. You know, maybe I, I'm confident in saying when he set out on this journey to do the work of the Lord, he probably wasn't thinking it would take some 52 days. He probably was thinking maybe the project would be a little bit longer. Uh, But here he is. The work is finished, so what now? If you'll recall, also last week we kind of ended with um, how will he go about protecting what the Lord has helped him to build. And we we, I reference that to marriage, right? Everything that leads up to marriage and, and all the activities and the festivity and the fun that goes into leading up to this wedding ceremony. And then the ceremony happens and it's like, all right, we're married. What now? So 
Um, that's that, that's kind of where Nehemiah is here. He, 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 he's built something. The Lord's given him this work, and now he must protect it. The walls are complete. The gates are restored. The enemy, I'm sure, is, is fully discouraged by now at their failed attempts. Nehemiah's wise leadership has, has brought the people this far, but the work is not finished. Church, you don't just get a pastor and the work is finished, right? I hope somebody amen me on that. I hope not. I hope you don't just say, hey, we got our guy. We're done. No, no. The work is just beginning, right? We've seen that through Nehemiah's leadership. But I want you to understand tonight, and if I had to put a, if I had to put a title on this message tonight, it would be this, a place for God's people. A place for God's people. Because tonight, I want us to really understand that a city is so much more than walls. A city is so much more than gates. A city is so much more than houses. A city is people, right? A church is so much more than walls. A church is so much more than a stage, an altar, a baptism pool. A church is so much more than that. A church is people, right? And so we see that through the text here in Nehemiah chapter 7, that it's, it's so much more than just the physical boundaries that maybe you see with the eyes and sometimes can get caught up in. In Nehemiah chapters 1 through 6, up to this point, people existed for the walls. That was the whole purpose. People were needed to help rebuild and restore these walls. But as we come here to Nehemiah chapter 7 we quickly find out that these walls now exist for the people. Okay, They now exist for the people. And so it was time for Nehemiah to continue on with his leadership and continue on with helping the people and to organize this community and to organize the citizens so that they could enjoy the life that God has for them. God had so much in store for this city. He would send his son Jesus to to walk right through that east gate that we talked about earlier in Nehemiah so that he could walk the streets, so Jesus could, could, could teach in the temple, and so Jesus could go on to be our sacrifice and to die just outside of the city walls there. And Nehemiah chapter 7, all 73 verses shows us three things that a great leader must do to protect people and to protect what God has built. Let me tell you something, church. I'm excited about this crowd tonight. I'm great. I'm thankful that we have a good group here tonight. But this sermon tonight is for me. Okay? Because God has called me here as your leader to be your pastor. And it's my job to take His Word and to learn how I am to lead you all as a flock. And so keep that in mind tonight, and I'm preaching to myself first, okay? But we see Nehemiah shows us three ways, three ways that he can protect what it is that God has brought him this far, and every challenge, every, I mean, just thinking through my mind of all the obstacles up to this point that Nehemiah has overcome the tactics of the devil, the discouragement of the enemy, and he's overcome those, and he's gotten to this point, and he uses this to continue on. The reason I relate to this so much is because, church, I have no business in even being up in this pulpit. 
I mean, if I had listened to the devil, if I had listened to the enemy, I'd, I'd be getting ready to go to work tomorrow at a bank. But because I felt like this is what God was leading me to do, because I felt like God was calling my family here, and Nehemiah, he did the very same thing. He, he's, he's a cupbearer to the king. I'm, you can't tell me that there were not times in his mind, as he's discouraged, he was thinking, boy, I really would like to be back being a cupbearer for the king. I mean, I know I had a pretty tough job. I know I could have been killed if somebody had tried to poison the king, but man, this is just, this is silly. No, he never did that because he knew what God had called him to do. So three things he must do. Number one, he must enlist leadership. Enlist leadership. Look at verses 1 through 3 with me. Nehemiah chapter 7. Now it came to pass, when the wall was built, I had set up the doors, and the porters and the singers and the Levites were appointed. Then I gave my brother Hanani and Hananiah, the ruler of the palace, charge over Jerusalem. For he was a faithful man and feared God above many. I'm going to stop right there before I read verse 3 because I want to, before I lose this, I want to get it out to you, okay? You see right there, when, 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 when Nehemiah is trying to, and this is not in my notes, this is free 99 right here, okay? When Nehemiah is trying to appoint someone to help him, and, and he appoints his brother Hananiah and Hananiah, do you notice why he appointed them or the first quality that he looked for, he looked for two things. Number one, he looked for someone that was faithful. If you're going to be a servant in this church, as long as I'm up here, you're going to be faithful. If you're not going to be faithful, you're not going to be a servant. Number two, look at number two. He feared God above many. He was faithful and he feared God. You come up to the, to the, to the whatever committee it is we got here, Whichever one, I don't care, pick a committee. You say, I want to serve. I want to know if you're faithful first. First thing I want to look at. I don't care about you tithing. I don't care how much you give. I don't care how often you go down to the salon. I don't care about none of that. I want to know, are you faithful? Are you faithful? Number two, I want to know, do you fear God? Do you know your place? Do you fear God? So Nehemiah, sorry, I got to get on to, you're thinking, boy, 73 verses, we never going to get, let me get through verse 3. And I said unto them, let not the gates of Jerusalem be opened unto the sun be hot. And while they stand by, let them shut the doors and bar them and appoint watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, every one in his watch and every one to be over against his house. So the first thing Nehemiah focused on was to enlist leadership, to enlist leadership, any great leader, Nehemiah, whoever it is that, that God appoints, any great leader must be able to give hope to those around him. He must be able to give hope. In Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 18 through 20, Nehemiah inspired the people by assuring them that God would prosper their efforts. Nehemiah said, hey, listen, God didn't send me here If he didn't believe, if I didn't believe in my heart that he was going to prosper what it is that he wants us to do. He gave them that in Nehemiah chapter 2. In Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 9, when the people were afraid, 
when there was a lot going on, famines, and, and they're worried about losing their houses and all the efforts. They're, lo- they're, they're, they're worried. The anxiety is, is, is sky high. Sound familiar? Economic, look around. Getting a little bit tighter. Getting a little bit harder. Getting a little bit more challenging. You're going to bring a baby into the world. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Listen, God. That's the answer. God. God. Nehemiah, a great leader, when they were afraid, what did he do? He prayed that God would strengthen him. Nehemiah didn't say, Lord, let me strengthen them. That's not what Nehemiah said. Nehemiah prayed that God would strengthen him. Nehemiah knew that, that, that there wasn't anything that he could do to strengthen the people, that it had to be God. Enlist leadership. Like any great leader, Nehemiah understood that he couldn't do the work alone. He couldn't do the work alone. So he got some help. He got some help. Now I'm on. I'm going to rat on my wife right here. I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. Okay? This morning, she knows. She probably knows right where I'm going with this. I'm not even going to look over in that direction. Okay? If looks could kill, I'd be dead by now for sure. But this morning, we observed the Lord's Supper. And uh, I'm in the back as everybody's exiting, talking with people. And immediately, I get done doing that. And, and my mind flips, and I go to, I got to go clean up, I got to go clean up Lord's Supper. And Melissa looks at me, and she says, you done forgot where you were at. I said, what do you mean? She said, they've got it taken care of. See, I'm not used to that, because I'm used to doing everything. I'm used to cleaning up, I'm used to preparing, I'm used to teaching when I need to teach. I'm used to preaching when I need to preach. I'm used to vacuuming when I need to vacuum. I'm used to being the one to clean, change the trash, wipe out the toilets, whatever. Whatever. Change the light bulbs. So I'm used to doing it all. And, 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 and I say that, church, because it's a blessing to have people that will go beside me and say, Pastor, I'll roll up my sleeves and work with you. Hey, I, I, I'll clean up. I'll do whatever it is you need me to do. For just a second, I thought I was going to be here another hour cleaning up. She said, you done forgot where you were at. So that's a blessing to me. I appreciate that, church. Thank you for that, for your willingness. It, it, it really uh, encourages me. Okay, it really encourages me. A couple things that he appointed here in this time of leadership. Verse 2, we see that he put together a couple of assistants here couple of assistants we see in verse 2, Hanani and Hananiah, okay? Hananiah was his brother, Nehemiah's brother, and Hananiah was the ruler of the palace. We see that there. As I mentioned already, why these two? Well, I think these two, as Nehemiah and I have already pointed out, because number one, they were faithful. Number two, they feared God above many. I heard a quote one time that said, the greatest ability... The greatest ability is dependability. That's the greatest ability. You want to have an ability? Be accountable. The greatest ability is dependability. If you truly fear the Lord, if you truly fear the Lord, listen to me, church, if you truly fear the Lord, you'll be faithful to do the work of the Lord. 
He'll be faithful to do the work. Not everyone, church, is called to be a Nehemiah. Not everyone's called to be a Nehemiah. Many are called to be Hanani. Many are called to be a Hananiah. Someone that is there to, to help. Someone that will do anything that the leader needs. Someone that will guide. Someone that will be there to help whatever it is. So he put together a couple of assistants. He put together, he, he recruited some help here. God desires to have faithful, God-fearing men and women who will have the courage and the conviction to serve Him. I've known people my whole life through church. All they've ever wanted to do was teach Sunday school. That's all they wanted to do. I just want to be a Sunday school teacher. And I would go to this person. I wasn't always the best about this. I admit my flaws. But I'd go to this person. I'd ask them, what, what class do you go to and attend right now? Well, I don't go to class right now. I'm waiting on the Lord to give me a class of my own. Well, that, well, Sally, I'll, I'll use Sally as an example. Sally, don't you think maybe you should attend a class if you feel like the Lord's maybe leading you to teach a class? No, I'm just waiting on him. Listen, you got to be faithful. you got to be faithful. Not only does he put together some assistance, I'm rambling on now, i got to get in, I gotta, let's kick it in gear, okay? Gear two, here we go. Then he puts together some gatekeepers, verses one and three. Some gatekeepers. What good are strong new gates if nobody's going to guard them? Right? I mean, church, when y'all built this sanctuary here, this worship center, what good would it have been to put this thing over here and still meet over there? Right? I mean, you, you, you build it to use it, right? You build it to use it. So what good would these new strong gates be if we didn't have somebody... That was there, keeping and watch over him. Verse 1, verse one, he calls them porters. You see that there? Verse 1, he calls them porters. That's the, the, the word that he chooses there to, to reference a, a gatekeeper. They were given specific instruction as to when to open and to close the gates. Now, to open the gates too early in the morning would allow for the enemy to come in. We talked about that a little bit. If you were to open them too early... My wife can attest to this. I'm not a morning person, okay? Some of you may not be a morning person. Some of you may be a night owl, whatever the case may be. I'm more of a night owl myself. But to open the gates really early in the morning, guess who's going to be at the gates waiting? Just the early morning people, right? They're going to be the only ones there. If you open the gates around like 11-ish, everybody's going to be there ready, okay? You're going to get your night owls. You're going to get your morning people. Everybody's going to be alert. Everybody's going to be ready. So Nehemiah here, he has a very strategic way of thinking. He, he, he says literally, hey, we're not going to open the gates early, okay? We're going we're gonna to wait until the sun be hot. Well, we know when the sun, we know around here when the sun be hot, right? That's Mississippi talk. The sun be hot. About the middle of the day. Okay, that's when it's the hottest. Not in the morning. That's when the sun be hot. And, it, and it, down here it be hot. It be hot. <laughs> to close and to lock the gates, while we're talking about these gatekeepers, to close and to lock the gates 
without the guards on duty might allow for the enemy to sneak in. So we want to make sure that we don't open the gates too early because we don't want to let the enemy in. And we want to make sure that we don't lock them without anybody on duty because it might allow for someone to sneak in. You say, well, why are the gatekeepers so important? And I promise you we're going to get down the road here. The gatekeepers are important because, listen, you ever heard of the Great Wall of China? Anybody ever heard of that? Great Wall of China? Okay. The Great Wall of China, when you begin to, to, to look it up, I found at least, just by Google search, I found at least four different times that the wall was penetrated. And in each time that I studied and read that, the reason the wall was penetrated was because the guards were bribed. Every time. Every time. So it's important to make sure you have good gatekeepers. Make sure you have good guards. Verse 3. Verse 3, when he talks about the watches of the inhabitants. You see that there? The watches of the inhabitants. That's a guard. That's a guard. Someone that would guard a specific station. The way that the, 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 way that the walls were, were built up, and, and hopefully you'll recall that diagram that we had there on the paper. If you don't have one, there's still some down here up front. But in the way it would work is, is, is a lot of people would take watch based off of where their home is, where their home is. Now, I've learned real quick, here, everybody knows where everybody lives and what street they live on. And so it would be real easy for y'all to set up a watch here because you would be able to easily identify who could take care of this side and who could take care of that side. And so that's kind of how they approached it. They approached it, you would watch the area in which wherever your house would reside, okay? So I want you to know, if God's people, listen to me, church, if God's people don't protect what they have accomplished for the Lord, the enemy will come in and take it over. He'll come in and take it over. Church, if we don't protect what God has done here at Clifton Baptist Church, the enemy will come in and take it over. He'll have no problem doing it. He'll do it with ease. So not only does he enlist leadership, secondly, he establishes citizenship. He establishes citizenship. That's verses 4 through 69. Okay, verses 4 through 69. For your sake and for mine, I'm not reading that, okay? You, you, can, you can read that at your leisure, at your pace. We won't count that on the, on the reading scripture per day. We won't count that, okay? But verses 4 through 69, we see that he establishes citizenship. And for the sake of, uh, of parallel, these verses parallel Ezra chapter 2, verses 1 through 64, okay? So if you look at Ezra 2, 1 through 64... And compare that here to Nehemiah chapter 7, 4 through 69. You will see the, the citizenship that is brought about uh, before Nehemiah. Now, a couple things I want to point out here uh, from a list perspective. Some of Nehemiah's names and numbers differ from those that are recorded nearly... Now, when, when I say it's in Ezra... Hear me out here. When I say it's in Ezra chapter 2, I didn't mean that it's in Ezra chapter 2 and then Nehemiah just recorded it the next day. Okay, There's about 100 years in between. All right, So a lot of information, a lot of names, a lot of things can get mixed up in 100 years. All right, And so between those 100 years of Ezra chapter 2 and Nehemiah chapter 7 here, some of the, some of the, the count is a little bit off. 
Some of the names are a little bit off. But some of that could be just simply because it being passed down from generation to generation, some information probably got, uh, probably got misquoted or some names may have gotten misspoken, some dialect, any, anything like that could have happened. Um, but they're not, some misspelling possibly could have happened. But what I want you to really understand is that many of us look at this list. You might, you might have already, hopefully by now, taking a gander down the list there. You might look at that list at first, and some might classify this list as boring. I remember when I was young, and when I began to, 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 to read the Bible, I wasn't, I wasn't at an age where I could study the Bible, really. I was just at an age where I could read the Bible. I would remember that I would probably skip over something like this, because this is not necessarily something as a eight- or nine-year-old boy that I would want to sit down here and... and and go through this. But in reality, what I come to realize now is that these names bridge a gap from the defeat of the past to the hope of the future. Okay? They're bridging a gap here from the defeat of the past, from the, the ones that have said, hey, we... we we, we've sat in ruins. We didn't know how we were going to rebuild these walls. We didn't know how we were going to restore to the hope of the future. The hope of the future. Um, Ezra chapter 2, Nehemiah chapter 7, they are to the Old Testament what Hebrews chapter 11 is to the New Testament. It, it's important. It's, it's, it's a list of people whose faith and courage made things possible. And, and, and here's what I love. Here's what I love. It shows that Nehemiah cared about his people. Right here. Nehemiah took time to sit down and write every one of them by name. You tell me that's not a leader that cares for his people. Nehemiah could have just said, we're going we're to just skip over these people. God, you know how many times I've heard somebody say something like, God knows who they are. God does know who they are. You're right. He does. But the leadership here that we see from Nehemiah to say, hey, I'm going to sit down and by pen write these people down, that tells me they were important to Nehemiah. And if they're important to Nehemiah, they're important to me. Okay? But it, it, it is important. There are, and, and I'll... I'll speed through this, okay? There are different groups that are mentioned here, that we see mentioned in this section of Scripture, and I just want to point out a couple to you. In verse 7, verse 7 specifically, we see the leaders who returned from Zerubbabel, okay? See that in, ver in verse 7 there, the leaders that were returned. They were 12 men here that returned in verse 7. Those 12 men represented the 12 tribes of Israel. Then verses 8 through 25 is kind of broken up into another section there. Verses 8 through 25, we see a list of families there. Okay? We see a list of families there. Verses 27 through 38, we see a list of people according to their village. All right? According to their village. You know, that would be like here. You would say, well, I'm from Harperville, or I'm from Clifton, or I'm from... 
cash wherever. I was reading an, uh, an article the other day about where is cash. Okay, where somebody was trying to figure out where cash was. All right, and so uh, and I, I'm still trying to figure out where everything is. Okay, so don't I, I have no it, you know if you all come up and tell me take a left at 12 and take a go north till you get to 22 and take hang a left at 36. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, I don't. So. He's talking about the list of people according to their villages in verses 27 through 38. Now, one thing I want to point out to you in verse 38 because it is important. You see, let's look at verse 38 together. The children, the children of Sanaa. Do you see that there? The children of Sanaa. You see how many it is? 3,000. 930. Now, the reason I point that out to you is I'll spare you the reading and I'll tell you that this is the largest group that is recorded here by Nehemiah. All right, verse 38. The children of Sinai, 3,930. So here we are. We have almost 4,000, just under 4,000 here in the city of Sinai. And what's interesting, what I want to point out to you about this city, is even though this city is the largest mentioned by Nehemiah, what I want to point out to you is today nobody knows who this is. Okay? I've researched it. I've studied it. I've read all about it. I was intrigued by it. Nobody has a clue. It's like, it's like the city, nobody knows where it was, nobody knows anything about it. I mean, you cannot find anything on it. It's not mentioned again in Scripture. This is it. This is it. So it's the largest area here that we see. But here's, here's, what, I, here's what I find interesting about it. When I thought, when I couldn't find anything on the city, I began to study the word Sanaa. The word Sanaa in Hebrew literally means hated. Hated. That's what it means. In Hebrew. Now, the reason I point this out to you is because we know they did help with the work of the walls, okay? I do know that. But I point it out to you because it's the largest of the people, it's the most prominent, probably. And I want you to understand, church, that at any time you can be the largest, you can be the best. You can be the top of the top, number one of everything. But that doesn't mean you'll be that way forever. Because if you don't put God first, you don't put God first, it doesn't matter how many you have, what your budget is, what your numbers are, what your baptisms are. If you don't put God first, you'll end up, you'll be another Sanat. You'll be written down in history somewhere in a Scott County annual associational meeting book. You'll have something written down about you about how great Clifton Baptist Church was. And one day, you're not careful. If you don't put God first, they will never even know who you were. They'll never know who you were. Temple personnel are listed next. And I'm flying through these. You ready? Priest. Priests are listed in verses 39 through 42. The Levites are listed in verse 43. 
The temple singers are listed in verse 44. The gatekeepers again in verse 45. The temple servants are listed in verses 46 through 60. And then there's even some priests here that could not provide proof of their genealogy. Nehemiah's total in general is 42,360. How's that for pencil math? 42,360. However, the most important thing is to not count the people, but to know that the people counted. People counted. The people counted. Remember, a place for God's people. A place for God's people. Not only must a good leader enlist leadership, not only must he establish citizenship, but third and finally tonight, verses 70 through 73, hallelujah, amen. Verses 70 through 73, a good leader must encourage worship. Encourage worship. Look at, look at verse 70 with me. And some of the chief of the fathers gave unto the work. The Tershetha gave to the treasure a thousand drams of gold. Do you see that? A thousand drams of gold. Fifty basins. Five hundred and thirty priest garments. Verse 71. And some of the chief of the fathers gave to the treasure of the work 20,000 drams of gold, 2,200 pounds of silver. And that which the rest of the people gave was 20,000 drams of gold, 2,000 pounds of silver, three score, seven priest garments. So the priests and the Levites and the porters and the singers and some of the people and the Nethanims and all Israel dwelt in their cities. And when the seventh month came, the children of Israel were in their cities. Now, one thing I want to point out to you here in, the, in verse 73 is you see when the seventh month came. Okay? When the seventh month came. So as we, as we work through this time period here, and I hope I haven't bored you completely to death, but as we work through this time period here and we get to this seventh month, what we're going to understand is that citizenship, leadership together can make a state. But it takes worship to make a godly nation. You can have all the citizen you want to. You can have all the leadership you want to. But it takes worship to make a godly nation. Church, we can have all the church membership we want to. You can have all the church leadership you want to. But without worshiping our God, we are nothing. We see... In these verses that some of the Jewish leaders gave generously, as the leaders should, uh, they set the example. But the money would be useless without great leaders and great people. Now, as we get to verse 73 and we get to this seventh, um, as it says here, the seventh month came. The seventh month, the seventh Jewish month, would actually be about the time period that we are uh, getting close to approaching now. This would be, uh, in reference to us, would be somewhere between October and November. Okay, This seventh Jewish month would be somewhere between October and November. And what's special about this time of year is because this would be the time that they would celebrate the Feast of the Tabernacles. And there's no better time to call the people together to honor God's Word and to confess their sins and to dedicate themselves to the work of the Lord than it was for this time for them. It was a special time for this people. It wasn't just another Sunday. It was a special time for them. And so he calls them together. He calls them out by name. 
People are important to God. People are important to God. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be standing up here. People are important to God. And as we serve the Lord, church, we must always do our best. But we must know and we must appreciate that without His help or His blessing, our best will never last. Without His help, without His hand upon us, I don't care how good your best is. You'll be another Sanaa. I want to close with this verse tonight. Psalm 127, verse 1. Psalm 127, verse 1. Church, I want us to keep this in mind. I want us to keep this in our heart as the days go on, okay? Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that built it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Everything that we do, every labor, everything that we build, everything that we watch after is nothing except with the Lord. Heads bowed, eyes closed tonight. I am so thankful to be in a church full of servants, in a church full of members that understand that people matter to God. That everything that we do, we do for the Lord. That everything that we do here, we want His hand upon. As I look at the leadership of Nehemiah, I see that he cares for his people. He cares for and, and recall, he, he hasn't known these people his whole life. Remember, he, he just left his place beside the king to come with them. And yet already he cared so much for them. Tonight, church, I just wonder if as we go into a time of invitation and they're going to begin to play softly right now, as our altar opens tonight, I wonder if you just need to come tonight to the altar and know that God has a place for you. God has a place for His people. A place for His people. He has a place for you. Maybe you want to serve. Maybe, maybe this message has been a challenge to you because you have not been faithful like you should. Maybe this message has been a challenge to you because you have not put him the top of your priorities and fear God like you should won't you come to the altar tonight we're going to stand and sing in just a moment as we do as they lead us in a song of invitation this altar is open if you need to come and do business with the Lord you come and do it